You tricky bitty. You tricky bitty. Can you hear me now? You guys are so good. Thanks for hollering at me. Let me know if you get the audio. We'll start this whole party over again. There it is. I know what the problem is. All right, check it out, check it out, check it out. Hold on. Hold on. Um... All right, let's throw let's throw this out. Let's start <laughs> let's start over. Hold on, and I'll tell you why. I tell you I'll tell you why uh, if you remind me later. I kind of have like a fun little thing, and I'll tell you what happened. Restream. Hold on. All right, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Simply Cyber. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. This is the reboot edition of Worldwide Wednesday. Welcome to episode number 270 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner and how you can operationalize it today. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's going to be a lot of value in this show for you. Yes, a little bit, little bit of an idiotic move there. I got to uh, tell you, I have, uh, I want to, so just remind me at the mid-roll and I'll explain what just happened. Uh, I have new gear in my studio and it, it flexed on me. Um, okay, so let's let's do Worldwide Wednesday. Let's get into this. Um, before we get into the news, before we get into Worldwide Wednesday, I do want to give a shout out and support to the stream sponsor, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicating to helping <clears throat> businesses from cyber attacks and recovering from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. You can see um, this is their site right here. Links in the description below. The important thing is this is Eric Taylor's calendar. You can hop right on there any point, any time. And, you know, most do the prep work and get ready by talking to an incident response company. But when they get hit with ransomware and they're like grabbing their butt and they're like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Then they call a incident response company. So it might behoove you to just bookmark this page. And if you had a ransomware incident, you could literally get on Eric's calendar tomorrow at 9 a.m. Now, the thing is, if your building is on fire, I wouldn't want to wait 24 hours to call some the fire department. I might want to have it lined up. But, you know, you do you, boo. I'm not saying how you should do business. I'm just suggesting from a risk mitigation, business continuity perspective, you may want to consider doing it. Also want to say shout out and much love to Recon InfoSec, people who run the Thursday Defensive, people who run OpenSock.io, uh, Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion, uh, good people, smart cybersecurity practitioners, industry leaders. They also have an MDR service, y'all. Recon InfoSec's Managed Detection and Response Service, MDR. That offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. Their MDR service includes fully managed SIM and SIEM, uh, excuse me, SIM and SOAR, SIM and SIEM, same thing. Sim and SOAR and customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon SOC team. 
Links in the description below. If you run a information security program or you're just an IT person, or excuse me, I shouldn't say just an IT person. If you're IT and you're responsible for information security for some reason and you don't have a team underneath you, managed detection and response is a solution that fits that problem, right? MDR is basically outsourced infosec around blue team operations, watching the wire, watching the logs, responding to crap when it happens. That's what MDR is. Recon infosec's really good at it. Consider them if you need that service. Now, I want to remind everybody, I want to remind everybody, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So say what's up in chat, especially today, because I'm going to ask you to tell me where you are in a minute. Not yet. Say what's up in chat and get credit for being here. Uh, half a CPE a day, two and a half a week, 10 a month. It stacks up. Just say what's up or hashtag team live. If you're live, I love it. Uh, only 104 of us here today right now, which is kind of odd. People taking this week off, I reckon. Um, and if you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay. Thanks for catching the stream. Be sure to say what's up in the comments so you get that credit, okay? Now, if you want to jump right to the news team replay, just jump ahead. But my favorite activity of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing of the week is Worldwide Wednesday. And now we're going to go after it hardcore. We have two minutes and 31 seconds to pull this off. I've got the world map up. Where are you at, everyone? Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's do it. Boston Mass in the house. We'll give you credit for the United States. All right. Central PA is in the house. Way to go, Haircut Fish. Canada's in the house. Love it. Phoenix, Bavaria. Uh, we'll do Germany. Sorry, Bavaria. Palm Coast, Florida, Quebec. Jamaica. Jamaica me crazy. Uh, I can't... Here, we'll do Bahamas. Sorry, Jamaica. Queens, New York. Boston's in the house. Serbia. Serbia, uh, Serbia, sorry, we're going to give you Mongolia today. Virginia, USA, Ohio, Charleston, the low country, Mark Lester, I love it. Uh, James McQuiggins in Poland, holy crap, okay. Poland's in the house. Australia, thank you, internal stranger. Or Dylan, Dylan McDonald. Oh, oh, I see, someone from Poland said what's up. Northern Virginia, Philippines in the house. Where's the Philippines? I know you're over here. Where are you, Philippines? Indonesia, Papua New Guinea. Yes, Philippines. Atlanta, Jamaica, south of Cuba. Cuba, uh, oh, Jamaica, it's so small, it's hard to hit. Brollywood, UK is in the house. Where we got, we got Africa. India is in the house. Guys, we need South America and we need South America. We've got a minute and 10 seconds. South Africa in the house. Thank you very much. James McQuiggan helping us out, modding for us. I love it. Serbia, Southeast Europe. Uh, Southeast, Southeast Europe, South Syria. Uh, Romania, Bulgaria, Greece. Uh, I'll get rid of Mongolia then since that's not... Um, uh, where's some... There it is, Serbia. Nailed it. Thank you. Northern VA, repping in the house. Jay Smith. Chris Weaver, South Africa. Jay Smith. We'll get, we'll get it straight now in a second, Jay Smith. Snowy, Indiana. Ireland in the house. We'll give you a credit, Ireland. No South America, y'all. No South America, y'all. Come on. Yeah, there you go, James. We got Ireland repping. Love it, love it, love it. Italy soon enough. We'll give you credit since we already got uh, Europe. <laughs> Not me, Nyasha. Oh, Nyasha's in South Africa. I see. All right. Philippines. Oh, all right, guys. Eight seconds. See if we can get someone in South America real quick. Uh, all right. 
Good job, everybody. Uh, we did not get Mongolia. I thought that's where Serbia was. <laughs> not even close. Serbia is definitely right over here. Uh, thanks, everybody, for playing Worldwide Wednesday. That was a lot of fun. We did not get uh, South America, unfortunately, online. Middle East, uh, you know, we, we, we play Middle East and Central America as bonus points. We didn't get those either. But better luck next Wednesday. We'll get it nailed. Uh, I do want to also tell people that... Um, BSEC reminded me, or, or clued me in, there's actually an uh, integration for YouTube that we can put where as you're saying where you are, um, it'll light up the map itself. Uh, so stay tuned. I'm looking into that. Woo! Worldwide Wednesday. That was fun, y'all. All right, guys. Sit back, relax, and let's get into the news. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Facebook reaches settlement related to Cambridge Analytica scandal. Facebook has agreed to pay $725 million as a penalty to settle a long-pending legal battle related to its sale of user data to the now-defunct Cambridge Analytica. During U.S. 2016 polls, Cambridge Analytica leveraged the data to solicit info such as page likes, dates of birth, genders, locations, and political interests using a quiz app known as This Is Your Digital Life. The procedure was deemed illegal because it was conducted for political advertising without the consent of Facebook's users. The proposed settlement is pending approval by San Francisco's U.S. District Court. Uh, all right, all right. So no, this is, this should be no surprise to anyone, okay, guys? Like F Cambridge Analytica, there is a documentary on Netflix called The Great Hack. The Great Hack. If someone could put a link in chat for that or just type it out, that's fine. Um, I would genuinely appreciate it. Guys, <clears throat> Cambridge Analytica was this company out of the UK that basically could <laughs> um, not guarantee, but heavily high percentage high success rate help you win an election in a democratic uh country right so wrap your head around that for a second if you could afford them right doesn't matter if you were republican or democrat or you know um any other country like uh, i don't know the uk ones but like brexit they did they were involved with brexit if you ever wonder why brexit happened right cambridge analytica so they were involved for the right price they could help sway an election, right? They have a, a case study in the Great Hack around Trinidad Tobago, where they um, were able to influence the six points in the election, which was more than enough to win the election. So it's very, very interesting. What they did in the United States in the 2016 election, not good. Um, I'm not saying that uh, Donald Trump would not have won or would have won. It's just the fact that there was a company uh, manipulating um the, the political process is the problem. And Facebook was front and center involved by allowing Cambridge Analytica to basically weaponize Facebook's platform for data collection, data harvesting, misinformation, disinformation, targeted ads, targeted information. Um, so, you know, Facebook got pulled up uh, in front of uh, the SEC and a couple other places to answer questions. If you guys remember uh, that really awkward um um, Zuckerberg, um, I guess, interview, if you want to call it that. Um, what I do find one thing interesting, usually these uh, Facebook and Meta and stuff like, oh, by the way, as soon as it came out, as soon as the Cambridge Analytica story broke, Cambridge Analytica basically closed, closed shop. Like, oh, we're done here. We're not even in business anymore. 
And I'm sure it's like ransomware threat operators, right? The brain trust behind Cambridge Analytica just dissolves into the ether and then reforms as a new group, I'm sure somewhere working in the shadows. Cynical hat, right? Or cynical Jerry, get my tinfoil hat on, please. Tinfoil emote. The one thing I did find interesting here is the FTC imposed a penalty of $5 billion. $5 billion. Straight cash, homie. Normally, Meta, Facebook, you see it all the time. Like, oh, pay $26 million fine. Pay $260 million fine. No big deal. We talk about uh, <laughs> emotes looking good, guys. Uh, but Facebook actually found loopholes and appealed uh, this $5 billion uh, fine and ended up only having to pay, it sounds like $725 million. So not a bad, uh, uh, not a bad use of your uh, funds on lawyers to save $4.25 billion. 4.2 million, uh, excuse me, $4.2 billion. So anyways, hopefully, 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 um, other platforms and other businesses will think twice after, uh, after this, you know, but this was like 2016 election, 2015. Um, that was seven years ago, right? So it takes time. And this is a U.S. based company affecting a U.S. Uh, election. It, it, it does make me wonder like TikTok. TikTok operates, uh, TikTok does a lot of stuff, um, you know, that, that is kind of sus, right? BTC.com lost $3 million in cyber attack. One of the world's largest crypto mining pools, BTC.com, discovered on December 3rd that it was the victim of a cyber attack that resulted in the theft of approximately $3 million worth of crypto assets. Around $700,000 worth of the stolen crypto was owned by customers, while $2.3 million in digital assets is owned by the company. BTC.com reported the incident to Chinese authorities and says it has recovered some of the stolen funds. The company says it's taken measures to block such attacks in the future and has not disclosed whether any data was affected as a result of the incident. Heck. Mm. I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, so BTC, I guess, operates out of China, I would assume. Uh, since they're reporting to Chinese law enforcement when the uh, attack happened, <clears throat> they've they've recovered some stolen crypto. That's interesting. Usually, crypto's in the wind. You don't see it anymore, except for uh, uh, Colonial Pipeline, which somehow somehow the FBI was able to recover almost all of it, which I found wildly interesting. Um, no info about stolen. Yeah, dude, this story. There's no details on the story. There's currently no information. Yeah, no kidding. Like this story is vape is vapor. <laughs> like so, BTC.com um, lost about three million dollars worth of crypto. Um, they got hit for seven hundred thousand dollars at some point, and then a two point three million at a different point. Oh, I see. I see. Seven hundred thousand belonged to uh, clients, and two point three belonged to the company. So the company lost 2.3 million and its and its clients lost 700,000. But this is just a crypto exchange getting hit. Like you know, it, it you know what? This had, like when this first story first popped up, I was thinking uh Lazarus group. This 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 has this has the feel of Lazarus group, but at the same time, 3 million dollars and this is going to sound ridiculous. 3 million dollars is not a lot of money for Lazarus group. It's kind of beneath their radar. Uh, second of all, this is a Chinese company. Lazarus is North Korea. North Korea typically doesn't pee in China's Cheerios. So that would be another indicator that this is not Lazarus Group. 
Um, but there's no information. This, this, this story doesn't really have a lot of information. Someone got in, got some money, got out. Okay, crypto. There you go. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. So I don't know what to do with that story. Used Trojan to steal $8 million from BitKeep users. Multiple BitKeep crypto wallet users reported that their wallets were empty during Christmas after hackers triggered transactions that didn't require verification. BitKeep is a decentralized multi-chain Web3 DeFi wallet used by over 8 million users worldwide. The incident appears to have impacted users who downloaded an unofficial and trojanized version of the BitKeep app. Affected users should create a new wallet address after downloading the official apps from Google Play or App Store and then transfer their funds to it. Losses are expected to grow due to delays in users noticing and responding to the incident because of the attack occurring during the holiday season. Okay, okay. Um... Oh, my God. All right, so this is... Um... There's a couple. Okay, first of all, I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right, I I don't know if MFA would have solved this issue, uh, Aaron KG. Um, the, the app itself was completely compromised. So guys, here's the thing. Like it it just it just blows my mind. Okay, first of all, first of all, hackers attack on Christmas day, Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, no surprise there. Second of all, oftentimes they'll attack Christmas day or the holidays, a business, not an end user, but I guess the effect is the same. People are kind of relaxed, food comas, not really checking the, you know, they're chilling. So it's a, it's a good time to strike. Third, they basically had a Trojanized version of BitKeep and a Trojan, for those who don't know that term, a Trojan is basically an application. Think of the Trojan horse, right? It's an application that looks like a horse, but it's also got malware, the the, the soldiers inside, right? So uh, Trojanized apps will do what they say, right? So if I send you like a Trojanized version of calculator, you'll be able to pull a calculator up. You'll be able to, you know, add numbers, subtract, delete, uh, add, subtract, multiply, et cetera. No big deal. But also the Trojanized part, the malware is like key logging or sniffing passwords off your computer or opening a back door for me to jump in, whatever it is. Trojans suck because especially because people keep using them. Somebody created a fake or Trojanized version of BitKeep, which is a digital wallet uh, and people put their assets in it. So now think of it this way. It's like, it's like um, everybody that had this Trojanized version of BitKeep was keeping their money in a safe, but the bad guys had keys to the safe too, essentially, right? And they all decide they decided, okay, one swift stroke, kind of a logic bomb attack. We don't hear too often about logic bombs where an attack happens at a very precise time on purpose across all things. They started transferring money out of people's wallets into a different wallet that the threat actors controlled, not the victims control, right? Now, you can't do anything about this because because crypto is crypto and Dude, if this BitKeep wallet had any more buzzwords in it, it'd be dumb. Did you hear what they said? Decentralized Web3, De DeFi, um, crypto, blockchain. Like, they literally said everything short of next-gen single pane of glass. Okay? So, the people... If you, if, you, if you got compromised by this, right? If you're a victim of this, your money's gone. So, first of all, th that's a fact. Second of all, the the... Why are you download like why are you downloading 
wallet apps, things that hold your money. And I hate to like, I hate to kick a, a, a someone when they're down, but like, if you're going to download something that holds your money, why are you downloading it from some odd Telegram chat? Or like, what are you doing, man? Go to the official repo, confirm everything, maybe check the hash values for the uh, for the binaries, and then load it. Like going YOLO and just signing up wherever and shoving money in things so you can be on the blockchain. It's ridiculous, dude. Okay, fifth, the fact that like, you know, whatever, BitKeep as a company or whatever, they're going to want to keep their customers, but their advice is to download the correct BitKeep wallet and transfer your funds over there. Most of these people don't have funds anymore. If I was in crypto and someone stole all my money, do you know what I wouldn't be? Into crypto. Like, uh, how like crypto winter is happening crypto's crashing crypto crypto sucks crap coins do, do you watch what lo happening with logan paul right now and crypto zoo there's a million bad things going on why would you why would you want to go ahead and download download more i will say this um hat tip to the threat actors right you know they they put in the time the effort to build a trojanized version of bitkeep they obviously planned and orchestrated this crime and then executed it and they got an eight million dollar payday on it. it sucks for the victims it sucks for the victims but dude end of the day stop downloading android apps from weird places on the internet please all right I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love Seriously. it. Seriously. Military device containing PII sold on eBay. Hmm. More than a decade ago, the U.S. military last used its secure electronic enrollment kit in Afghanistan to scan fingerprints and irises. Back in August of this year, German security researcher Matthias Marx bought the chunky black rectangular device on eBay for $68. The device included a memory card containing PII of more than 2,600 individuals, including names, nationalities, photos, and biometric data. Most of the info belongs to those classified as terrorists or wanted individuals, but some info belongs to other civilians. The Department of Defense said the hardware should have been destroyed on site as soon as it fell out of use and asked that it be returned. One of the sellers told the New York Times that the company acquired the device at a government equipment auction. Oh my God. Dude, like that's, this story is so 1998. But but somehow it's 2022 and we're still dealing with this, guys. Okay, so check it out. This happens all the time. You're supposed, like, if you've taken the new content on the GRC course, you know that I did the media protection control family from NIST 853 as my example for the audit lab and for the risk lab. I think it's MP5 or MP7 is media sanitization, okay? What does that mean? That means when you're done with data... When you're done with hardware, you sanitize it, you wipe it, you delete it, you get rid of it, you destroy it, you put a hammer through it, you drill it, you degauss it, you light it on fire. You know what you don't do? Here, hold on. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me, let me just check. Let me just check my, uh, my notes here. Let me just check my notes. No. No, it definitely doesn't say here, it definitely doesn't say here to uh, package it up and sell it at a government auction and then, yep, and then sell it on eBay. No, it, it doesn't say that here. Like, Jesus, media sanitization, guys, it's, it's basic. It's 101. 
You have something you don't need anymore, you wipe it. It's so easy to duplicate data. It's so easy to copy and share. We have cloud systems now all over the place, right? Delete the freaking data, especially something as sensitive as that. It almost, it almost makes me wonder, why did they have the data? What were they doing with the data? Why were they capturing it in the first place? And you know, there is a major disconnect between an information security uh, system, information system security officer, the ISSO, who really would have, who would have been on uh, responsible for managing this data and the soldiers doing it. I worked, I supported the Marine Corps for several years, okay? I was not a Marine. I supported the Marine Corps uh, while I was at a couple different consulting firms, okay? And I'm telling you right now, I love love the Marines. A uh, lot, of, lot of respect for the Marines. Marines and, and the entire Department of Defense, like they, like, get out of the way nerd like i'm here to um you know be the tip of the spear i'm here to like you know push the the forward advance or whatever like just let me use my tech and let me do it right they're not thinking about data sanitization and data wiping and all that crap but that's okay they aren't supposed to they're supposed to be an information security officer over that and there is a major failing here now i want i, I will give them a little credit like you know uh, Afghanistan war zone or you know tumultuous area at minimum uh, equipment coming in equipment going out lots of equipment um, this could have gotten lost in the mix but to me this seems more like an indicator of the norm than an exception right Th that this data got out now we'll, we'll see guys we'll see like you should have processes in place to handle this stuff and can I just remind you usually media sanitization, like it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the if you have to wipe the data and reuse it, right? Oh, it's such a pain. I got to wipe it. I got to run the, you know, there, there's apps that will like zero out the hard drives and stuff like that. But a lot of times, most of the times in my experience, it's more about destroying the hard drives. And people love this. I am the most lenient auditor when it comes to acceptable practices. Guys, I've seen people who like literally, literally, literally the sanitization process was to line up the hard drives and then drive a tank over it. Literally like, and you know what? I signed off on that as an acceptable practice because in my opinion, the level of uh, destruction to the hard drives was at an acceptable level where the data could not be um, uh, reassembled in any way. I've seen that. I've seen, you know, obviously I've seen hammers. I've seen pneumatic presses to destroy uh, physical media. I've seen uh, fire bins, you know, like the 50 gallon oil drums at, uh, in Antarctica. I've seen the fire bins for destroying paper documentation with data on it. So there's lots of options. Freaking bundling it up and selling it at an auction for a couple bucks on the, on the dollar, uh, a couple pennies on the dollar, and then turning around and selling it on eBay is not one of those acceptable practices. That's, God, like this used to happen all the time in like the late 90s, early 2000s. You could still do it, guys. It's like a fun activity. Go, go buy some hardware off of uh, eBay and see what's on there. Oh, by the way, I'll also tell you, some people will think that they sanitized it correctly and they didn't. You can reassemble. Um, you can use uh, uh, carving file carving tools like forensics analysis tools. Um to reassemble data that was not properly deleted. Uh, I'm not going to get into like how file systems work and, and operating systems, but trust me, um, a quick format does not delete data.
And now a word from our sponsor, Tynes. Ever feel like you're stuck in a never ending cycle of alerts? It's exhausting and frustrating, but here's the good news, Tynes. Tynes can help you focus on meaningful, not menial tasks. Fewer mistakes, faster response times, and best of all, Tyne's no-code automation platform can handle massive complexity and easily connect your unique tech stack. Visit Tynes.com. That's T-I-N-E-S.com. All right, it's the mid-roll. Want to thank you all for being here. Hope you're enjoying it. Apologies on the snafu at the beginning where the audio was jacked up. I'll explain that in just a hot second. What's up, Jenny Housley? Hey, Tom Bishop. Hey, Carrie. Good to see you, K. Scott Howell. Edwards in the house. James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan and I are in a good uh, chess match. It is good. Hey, Lego Sec. Hey, Omar Alvarez. George Strasberger. Good to see you, Andrew Nakamura. Guys, if you're getting value out of this, even though I screwed up the audio at the beginning, um, go ahead and take a second, hit that like button. It's great for the algorithm. It helps other cybersecurity practitioners find uh, Simply Cyber and the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Find this audience every, at least once a day. I see someone who said, I just found your channel. I can't believe uh, this has been here the whole time. Thank you so much. And I'm not saying it so I get, you know, praise. I'm, I'm literally saying it because we are building a huge community here. And, you know, it's there's room for more. Like, come on in here. Get in here. I know. Thanks, Tom Bishop. All right. Hey, so I want to say thanks to uh, the sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. I did see your comments about taking on a third sponsor. I appreciate you guys with your honest feedback. Uh, I also got told that my uh, intro music is not good and my intro needs to be shorter. So I'll evaluate that as well. Thanks, Chris Weaver. We love having you here, too. Good day, Robert Moritz. We've got another emote coming. As soon as I can get together a couple options, I'll drop those for you guys in chat. Uh, let me see what else I got here. Just a reminder, I send the newsletter out every Monday. So uh, it'll be Tuesday next week because of the holiday, but simplycyber.io slash newsletter. If you want to get an email written from me with three action pieces of actionable intel that you can get on. I do want to tell everybody, um, you know, I do uh, stream World of Haiku, Haiku Pro on Mondays. Next Monday is a holiday, so I won't be doing it, but I will be streaming on Tuesday. And I had a fun idea for a stream. So we're going to do a cyber range, okay? We're going to do a cyber range on Tuesday next week, but I'm going to try to have ChatGPT beat the range. Like, basically, I'm just going to be um, smart hands for ChatGPT and see see how good the bot is at cyber ranges, right? I don't know, it'll be fun. I wanted to just screw around. So hopefully you guys can come join us and have some fun with that. Always a good time on the streams. Oh, it should be fun. It should be fun, uh, James. We do cyber ranges. I play the games on Monday afternoon. Harish, yeah, very good. All right, one other thing. I told you I would tease this out at the mid-roll. So right after this stream, I told you guys yesterday, uh, would you like? Would anybody be interested in, in me uh, showing you how to hack um, wireless network, kick people off the network, find hidden networks, and ultimately crack WPA uh, passcodes? And some people said yes. Um, there's a, a million videos out there on this particular technique. Um, it, it would just be my take on it. It's a lot of fun. So I decided, I, I, instead of just making a video, right after the daily cyber threat briefing ends, I'm going to just go live again 
Wicked Renegade style. So if you're here, you're going to get to see it. And the reason my audio is jacked up is because I have a new camera in the studio, right? And I, ha I, got, I got the... Um, see here you see how you guys are on stream so it picked up the audio of this camera when I turned it on but the idea is that I'm gonna be using this tech in the demonstration because you guys are gonna to have to see what my home lab looks like because there's a lot going on over here to build a wireless network to actually attack um, so I'm gonna be doing that right after this stream so surprise surprise for the 166 of you that are here right now we're gonna party it's gonna be good all right well let's keep on with the news then shall we TikTok used its app to spy on reporters. Employees of TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, tracked IP addresses of journalists who were using TikTok to try and determine if they were in the same location as employees suspected of leaking confidential information. According to an internal email from ByteDance General Counsel, at least four members of staff based in both the U.S. and China improperly accessed the data. All four have been fired, and company officials said they are taking additional steps to protect user data. Yeah, all four have been fired. I'm just saying, if all four were fired, that's good pub. All four could have been rehired immediately. Uh, I'm again, tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat, please. Tinfoil hat. But my point is, like, this is one great example of how you can weaponize TikTok. People are like, oh, Oh, TikTok, like, what's the big deal if I watch, you know, uh, trendy dance videos or whatever? It's like, no, there's there's more insidious um, capabilities of this thing. Not okay. So first of all, there's obviously the ability to influence and shape opinion. Uh, I've, I've heard stories. I haven't done the research, nor have I read research. So this is pure speculation. Um, I've heard stories that, you know, the type of content that is shown in the United States is much more educational and kind of um, I don't want to say mind numbing, but you know, or excuse me, entertaining, right? People dancing, funny cat videos, whatever things that you just kind of like, uh, like get dopamine hits from. I've heard that the same algorithm is being used in China to deliver educational content and kind of STEM videos and STEM research, uh, to children. Right. So, so that's another kind of bigger play again, I have not seen this or done the research on it. It's just what I've heard from more than one source. Um, but this one right here is a privacy issue. If you are carrying TikTok on your phone right now, then your phone might be reporting exactly where you are um, in real time. We've seen this many times with other apps. They're supposed to ask you if, if you want to be tracked. They should really... like. Why does TikTok even need to know where you are if you're just consuming video, right? I mean... Anyways, this is one way to do it. If you're standing in the same spot, so the reporter would have to have TikTok on their phone and you'd have to have TikTok on your phone. But if you both have it and you're both in the same building and at the same time, and then a week later, the reporter has a bombshell report, right? Boom. Plus, by the way, if a reporter had a bombshell report and the reporter has the GPS coordinates in, they have collected that, right? So technically, these individuals with access to this data could then uh, historically look back at where the reporter has been all day, every day for the last week, two weeks, four weeks, 10 weeks, right? I mean, the data is cheap to store, uh, unless you ask Splunk. Am I right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a nerd joke. Um, but anyways, uh, you gotta be careful guys. If you're not, if you are 
have you if you've checked out TikTok and it's not for you, I would recommend you delete the app. Um, if you have it on your phone and you're using it, be mindful, make informed decisions on what you're choosing to do. Um, you really want to reduce. Hey guys, if you did Cyber Advent Day 22 of uh, Try Hack Me's Advent of Cyber, you know I know a thing or two about attack surface reduction. If you have apps running on your phone that you don't use or need, remove them because that reduces your personal attack surface. I mean, you see how I tied that into Advent of Cyber? Winning. Whoops. All right, let's keep going. J. Robert Oppenheimer cleared of 68-year-old accusations. Oh, I'm sure that he appreciates that. Nearly 70 that. years after having a security clearance revoked by the Atomic Energy Commission due to the suspicion of being a Soviet spy, renowned Manhattan Project physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer has finally received some form of justice. In 1954, Oppenheimer was subjected to security hearings over his alleged communist ties and ultimately was found innocent of treason, but was ruled not reliable or trustworthy and was stripped of his access to military secrets. The hearings severely tarnished the accomplished physicist's reputation. U.S. Secretary of Energy Jennifer M. Granholm released a statement nullifying the controversial decision against Oppenheimer, declaring it to be the result of a biased and flawed process that violated the AEC's own regulations. Oh, my God. Um... It's too bad, man. It's too bad. So if you don't know, Oppenheimer is like, the, he's the father of the atomic bomb, okay? Like the thing that won World War II for the United, or for the Allied forces, the thing that made it so, I mean, it's, I, and, okay, there's a lot going on here. World War II was a very, very interesting conflict, a lot going on. Germany had, like, obviously, Nazi Germany was was terrible, and they were doing horrible, horrible, uh, like, genocide, atrocities, war crimes, the works. They suck, okay? However, I want to point out, Germany had a lot of leading scientists uh, on their side, right? So they were, they were having massive technical advances in weaponry and research and, and a million other things, right? Um, Japan was no slouch with with their uh, naval capabilities. Although I do recommend you check out Dan Carlin's a hardcore history podcast. Uh, he had a series called uh, Supernova in the East. If you want to check that out, now caution: it is six episodes long, and each episode is four hours long. So it's literally Dan Carlin talking for twenty four hours about Japan's role in World War II. But it is unbelievable. It is fantastic. So if you are driving somewhere long distance, Aaron KG, if you're a truck driver, um, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Supernova in the East series is fantastic. Now back to Oppenheimer. The United States got the atomic bomb, instantly dropped it on, on Hiroshima, right? And then Japan was like, I don't think so. Then they dropped it on Nagasaki and they're like, oh Jesus, we give up. And then that, that basically started the crumble of the Axis power, okay? Oppenheimer's the reason that we had that capability. Yes, uh, Einstein was on the panel. Richard Feynman was involved. A couple other really, really smart uh, scientists. But Oppenheimer was considered like the you know he's the I, I guess the the head of Voltron, if you will, right? Like what you know, like 
Feynman was a right leg and Einstein was a left arm, but but like Oppenheimer was the the head. Okay, so Voltron forms, they get an atomic bomb. He's the guy who famously said, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I might be misquoting him here. He's the guy who famously said when he saw the atomic bomb detonate successfully um, in 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 um, in uh, Los Alamos, he said, "I'm, I'm the, I've something like I'm the, I am the." destroyer of worlds, I become death or something like that. Like it's a wicked famous quote that I'm obviously getting wrong. Uh, I have become, I bet you, you know what? It's probably in this story. Um, now I become death destroyer of worlds. Okay. Now there was a thing in the, in the fifties called the red scare where like the United States, the cold war was like at its peak. You've got to remember. Okay. So the cold war is at its peak. United States is like freaking out that like anyone could be like a, a closet, uh, communist, like a secret agent working for Russia. Cold war is spiraling out of control. Oppenheimer got pulled into this somehow got disgraced, got his clearance pulled. The guy who basically was instrumental in the allied forces winning world war two gets disgraced. And, you know, I don't know how he lived out his days. He was a professor at UCAL Berkeley, so he probably went back to campus and, and kind of did that thing. But it, 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 um, it tarnished him, and now he's getting some reprieve. Now, of course, I don't know when he died, but he's obviously dead. Um, so, you know, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a reprieve for his family, for his legacy. But it just, I don't know, it kind of sucks. The whole, the whole Red Scare was a hot mess on fire, honestly. Um, with that whole thing. So yeah, Oppenheimer, smart guy, did some, did some interesting stuff. Whew. All right. Gets his, gets his. Your spy attack eavesdrops on phones via motion sensors. A team of researchers from several U.S. universities has developed a side channel eavesdropping attack for Android devices named EarSpy. Researchers used the physics toolbox sensor suite to capture reverberations from the ear speaker of Android devices and then fed it to MATLAB for analysis. A machine learning algorithm was then used to recognize speech content, caller identity, and gender. Using this approach, researchers correctly identified caller gender between 77.7 and 98.7% of the time, caller ID classification ranged between 63 and 91.2%, and speech recognition ranged between 33.3 and 56.4%. Not surprisingly, user movement and lowering the volume of the ear speaker resulted in lower accuracy. What? Uh, uh, this thing oozes academic research, by the way. Um, uh, okay, so here, th from what... Thank you, George Strasberger. Yeah, so he's been gone for a very long time. I'm sure he died. I'm sure he died, like, completely sad um, with how, you know, with the whole, his whole... Ugh, ugh. Anyways, okay, so... A side channel attack, ear spy. Guys, basically this thing can listen to, um, if you're on speakerphone, if you're on speakerphone, this can detect gender, detect, uh, what else did they say? Um, gender and identity and even discern private speech. Okay, so I'm con I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused because like if it's on speakerphone, Guess who else can discern gender identity and private speech? Right now, I I am being playful. I think what this is is that you could leave it in the room 
like say you leave this in like a, a meeting room or a, a, a room or whatever. And maybe you could tell like in real time, like, oh, they're talking to a woman and oh, they're talking to, you know, Sally Jones, the the reporter or whatever. But um, I don't understand what the use case is for this. Like, why wouldn't you just put like a, a microphone in the room and listen to the conversation? Like, this seems like you're like completely overcomplicating the problem when there's already a solution. Yeah, thanks, CyberSite Canada. What? Um, I'm trying to read. See, like, I can't tell if uh, people in chat are, are like saying I, I'm I'm less entertaining today. I can't tell. I with CyberSite in Canada's response. I don't know who who you're. What Jim Wales said, but uh, I'll go back and look. It is possible that an app with a motion sensor permission can access this information. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's not clear to me, like, do you have to install it on the phone and then the phone can access the... Um... So, okay, so you know what? Maybe Jenny, or who says this? Uh, Andrew Yao, this could be the thing, right? Possibly an app you install says, hey, I need to you, I need to listen to your uh, microphone. And you say no from a privacy perspective. And then it says, okay, but I need access to your motion sensors. And you're like, okay, what's the problem there? And then based on that access, it's able to discern somewhat... Uh, who you're talking to and what you're saying. So I could I could totally get down with that. That's an interesting um, take on it, and a lot more practical than the like the holes that I'm punching in it. So obviously they say here that uh, there there are some conditions that need to be in place. You need to um, you need to have it on speakerphone. You need to have the volume turned up in order to access the uh, the the motion sensors, right? To to do the vibrations. Let's see what Jenny Housley said. Everybody's cheer cheering her on. The people in the grocery store that talk to their doctor on the speaker in the middle of the aisle need to know this. <laughs> That's very true, uh, Jenny. I never understood that. All right. So side channel attack. Interesting academic research. Um, again, just you got to be on speakerphone. You got to be on an Android. You may have to install a random APK, APK file. I know that doesn't really happen often. Um, where's the BitKeep story? Yeah, I know it doesn't happen often where you you would install some random app that you find on Telegram, <clears throat> but it can happen. Just be aware of this. Um, kind of a, you know, this is one of those. I guess from from an operational perspective, this is one of those ones where you wouldn't really like implement this or consider this in your threat models when you're um, when you're doing like information security at an organization. But it is interesting um, as like one of those back pocket stories where people are like, oh, like, like, ooh, like no, one, no one's gonna be able to hear me on my speakerphone. I'll just, and you're like, well, actually, you know, there's been some interesting research out of Texas A&M regarding a side channel attack using motion sensors that can uh, pick up on your conversations. And then you just like give them the hairy eyeball. You know what I mean? Right? So this is kind of, to me, the way I would use a story like this, this is like a back pocket story that you pull out once in a while. Pierce Morgan's Twitter account abuses Queen and Ed Sheeran in apparent hack. On Tuesday, the Twitter account of former Good Morning Britain host Pierce Morgan was wiped of much of its content amidst reports it was hacked. Monday night, Morgan's account shared posts containing false information, racial slurs, and abusive messages directed at the late Queen Elizabeth II and singer Ed Sheeran. 
The incident comes on the heels of UK education security Jillian Keegan's account apparently being hacked on Christmas Day. Morgan has yet to publicly address the apparent hack, and his other social media accounts appear to be functioning normally. Okay. And that does all right, so, you know, another hack on Christmas Day. Piers Morgan, I don't really care. He is a celebrity. I think he's a journalist of some sort or like a quasi like celebrity journalist. Here's the TLDR. Um, normally, I would say this dude, you should have multi-factor authentication on your accounts, your social media accounts, especially if you're a public figure like this. Now, Piers Morgan may not manage his own Twitter account. Piers Morgan might have a team that manages his Twitter account which then introduces um, more of an attack surface, more of a risk, because the more people you give access to an account, um, the more the more attack surface there is, right? So someone could have got a token, some somebody could have installed some weird app on their personal machine, then logged in and had access to the Hootsuite or to the social media platform that is used to tweet out from Piers Morgan um, account. Someone could have got Piers Morgan's phone, someone could have fished him, he could have not had MFA. He could have had crappy passwords. Like, like there's a million different ways this happens. But I will say two things. One, and th this is actually uh, operational that you could implement. One, if your business has a social media account, talk to the PR people. It's usually the marketing or the PR people who have access to that or you've outsourced it to uh, PR or marketing people. Have a conversation with them about how are we securing this like, just answer that question. How are we securing this? Who has access to it? Why do they have access to it? How long do they have access to it? How strong is the password? Who decided the password? What kind of multi-factor authentication are we using? These are all reasonable questions. And you don't have to be a about it. You can ask them politely. But you can also grab this story right here and several other stories, right? If you want a, a more impactful story, you can use the um, the one uh, last year where Elon, Bill Gates, a couple other ones had their Twitter accounts hacked. And then they were asking, like, send me one Bitcoin and I'll send you two back Bitcoin. So more of a financial impact. If, if like the Piers Morgan Twitter account isn't going to move the needle for your business uh, stakeholders. My, my point is, whatever, whatever story you need to use, the social media accounts need to be managed correctly. And you can cite the impact of business reputational harm as an impact. You can cite you know, financial impact if you want. Um, you can talk about client erosion. Like, There's a million different things you could do it. And by the way, no executive, if you say, hey, like, I think our social media accounts, I just want to do a review and validate that they are secured accordingly. Um, no business executive is going to be like, no, no, we don't have time for that crap. Like, if 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 our social media is compromised, it's fine. It, no one's going to say that, right? Now it is work on you and your part in order to go after this and invalidate it and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, be mindful of that. Okay, all right. So let's let's get some music going. Uh, let's do this. Guys, if you were here just for the news and the audio issues, I thank you for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. I want to let those who are still here know that tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be doing Simply Cyber Live. My guest will be Alyssa Knight. Many of you know her. She's a well-known celebrity in the information security industry. So if you didn't know her, allow me to introduce you to her. 
She's written a book on hacking cars. She is well known for API security hacking. She has, um, what else does she have? She's got blogs, she's got books, she's sp spoken multiple times. She's Cybersecurity Woman of the Year, I believe. Um, she's an award-winning filmmaker and she's focusing a lot of her energy on Night Studios right now. Uh, I have been talking to Night Studios about different projects and stuff. Alyssa's going to come on tomorrow. It's going to be, I, I, I've been kind of leaning more into these fireside chats, but I want to talk about Alyssa's story, talk about, you know, what her thoughts are on cybersecurity, talk about the impact and utility of media in the current, uh, in, you know, macro space of our industry and how it can help move forward cybersecurity best practices. Plus, she's a really cool person, and I'm looking forward to having a great conversation and sharing your questions and uh, conversation with her during the stream. Why don't you go check out the meme? Oh, one second. Hold on, let me check this out. Memes are on Thursday. Memes are on Thursday, but let me look at Haircut Fish's meme. Oh my God. All right, guys. You definitely want to tune in tomorrow because there is a there is a gem for the meme of the week tomorrow. Exactly. Kimberly knows what Alyssa is doing with that cybersecurity TV channel. Um, yeah, and I've, I've got a lot of fun stuff to share with you guys um, about projects in 2023. A lot, a lot, a lot. You know, I shared the Cyber 101 course, uh, but there's a lot of projects going on. I just, you know what I need to do? I need to take time and figure out how to clone myself um, so I can get more time. Um, yeah. So anyways, come check out uh, that Simply Cyber uh, live talk tomorrow. Uh, I appreciate that. Guys, I do want to spend a few minutes jawjacking with you if you want to hang out. Kimberly, good to see you. James McQuiggan, hire yourself a PA. I, I have a PA, James. And all I did was take the time I freed up and... Uh, yeah. My, my pleasure, Yulichua. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. Hey, oh, Jenny Housley, you have a great Wednesday. Uh, Harish, good to see you. I wish everybody the best in 2023. Reminder, there's no show next Monday, January 2nd. There will be no daily cyber threat briefing. Um, just a reminder. Usha412, you have a great day. Hey, Tracy Jane. Tracy Jane's in the house. Where's... Oh, so the link to the wireless hack after this. There isn't a link. Just go to... Here, go to simplycyber.io. Uh, excuse me. Go to simplycyber... Here. This is how we're going to do it. HTTPS simplycyber.io slash streams. Okay, do that. And we are going to do that in just a minute. Okay, so let me actually end the stream right now. I, I um, genuinely appreciate all of you. Uh, that That's a Sony ZV-1F, Andrew Nakamura. All right, guys, let's go have fun if you're interested. Um, yeah, Midori, check out... Um, Midori, check out um, the, the conversation with Alyssa tomorrow. We're going to go into it at length, okay? All right, guys, let's have fun uh, over on the stream as I show you how to hack wireless. Intermediate certs for SOC. Um, I mean, CYSA is a good entry-level cert, and then you start getting more into the tech stacks, um, I would say. All right, let's, let's head on over, guys. I'll see you in a minute over on the stream. There is no channel. Just go to Simply Cyber's YouTube channel, and that'll be part of it. It's going to take me a minute to get set up, right? 